Welcome to Kids Considered, a podcast from UC Davis Children's Hospital, where two pediatricians discuss children's health topics. I'm Dr. Lena Vanderlist. And I'm Dr. Dean Blumberg. Oh, man, this is going to be a fun topic to discuss. <laughs> I know. This is great. I mean, a little while ago, we did the episodes on teens and relationships. So this is a perfect time to really take a step back and talk about tweens and where it all starts before teens start having these relationships and start dating and all. Yeah, and we did talk a little bit about kind of preparing to have a healthy relationship in those episodes, too. So if you want more information, go ahead and go back and check that out. But really, first crushes, so sweet and great. They sometimes have a lot of drama associated with them also, right? Yeah, I guess so. I've kind of forgotten about that part by now. But (laughs) (laughs) When do first crushes usually start? Well, they're mostly going to start in like school age, right? You're looking around, you look at a classmate in a way you've never really seen them before. And um, before you know it, you're thinking about them all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's where and how. But what age does this usually occur? Yeah, I think it usually occurs in the teenage years or tweens. But I mean, for me, I feel like I started developing crushes when I was like in elementary school. So (laughs) for many kids, this can happen even before puberty. Yeah, it can happen before puberty. But I think the most common time is around 10 to 13 years of age that children first start getting their crushes. Yeah, that sounds right. And it's just the start of kind of developing those healthy romantic feelings and hopefully something that will lead to the establishment of normal healthy relationships down the line. And parents can help with this, even though it may be intimidating to broach the subject with your tween. (laughs) Right, and your child may not fully understand their feelings themselves and often feel vulnerable, so we definitely need to tread lightly and carefully around this subject with kids. So let's take a step back and talk about how relationships develop. Well, our relationship, at first, you were more of a a teacher to me. You're still a mentor to me. But now we're more like peers, right? Yeah, more like peers or maybe even flipped because now you're (laughs) taking more of the lead on on our joint (laughs) projects. But what I meant was not our relationship, but how do children learn about relationships? So most children learn by noticing other people and how they relate to them. So this most naturally, of course, occurs in their own family unit with their relationship with their parents, siblings, extended family members like grandparents, cousins, aunts, and uncles. And then it expands to friends. Um, And it may be related to things that they see on social media, in movies, and on TV, and what they hear in song lyrics. Exactly. And as we have talked about relating to screen time and advertising, some of the messages about relationships may be either mildly or extremely unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so, so important for parents to be involved in their kids' screen time and media use and be familiar with what they're watching and who their friends are. So let's review what a crush might look like from the parent's point of view, the changes that they might be seeing in their child. Right. So when a child first develops a crush, it may be on their mind all the time. So they might appear distracted, they're daydreaming, they're kind of thinking about how this new person fits into their life. Mm -hmm. They might end up like doodling their crush's initials on their notebooks or message them frequently with their screen. 
Yeah, I was going to say, do kids have notebooks anymore? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know if doodling is still happening, but that definitely happened when I was in uh, you know, middle school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to the parent, the child may appear less available to the family. And then there are the intense feelings that children may be experiencing for the first time. And this could be intense happiness with their crush, that their affection is being returned. Or not. Um, If the feeling is not mutual, then there may be some intense unhappiness. So mood swings are a normal part of the first crush experience. Yep. And they can be quite dramatic, but usually not long-lived. So let's say your tween or younger child says that they're dating. What does this even mean at that age? Should parents be concerned about that? (laughs) I will never forget, insert personal story anecdote, my first, like, boyfriend, and I don't even remember, I think I was in like fifth grade or something like that. And he Mm -hmm. got me a necklace for Valentine's Day. And when I, we like never really even talked or did anything. (laughs) It was just like a title. Mm -hmm. And I remember wearing it all the time when I was not at school, but I never (laughs) wanted him to actually see me wearing it because I don't know why, because you're a kid and you're like, if he sees me wearing it, he's going to think I like him a lot. Or I, don't, I don't know exactly what it was. And so I would only wear it when I wasn't around him, but I would wear it all the time when I wasn't around him. Mm-hmm. And did your parents <laughs> notice it? Did they ask you about it? Oh, yeah, they knew about it. And then one time I was wearing it and I did run into him outside of school. And I was so embarrassed that he saw me wearing it, which is just so crazy, right? Like this is just an example of how young people view like the developing relationship and um and what it looks like so for me at that age it meant a relationship meant wearing a necklace when you weren't actually around the person that you liked i appreciate that so much because from my perspective from like the male the boy perspective like i just don't understand how things work sometimes so I wouldn't Looking have back underst- on it, I don't understand how it worked, but that's how it was. And and for other kids, you know, it might mean that they do, and especially as they get a little older than that, you know, they may hold hands, they may eat lunch together, they may even have their first kiss. And this is typical and normal behavior. It really goes without saying, um, but I'll say it anyways, is that you don't want to tease your child during this period because they're taking it seriously. Like, You don't want to dismiss their feelings. I don't think my parents ever said, like, why are you so crazy? Why aren't you wearing that necklace? Just only you, like, put it on when you get home and you take it off before you go to school. They kind of just, like, went with it because they realized I was kind of, like, figuring it all out. Yeah, that's what it's all about is figuring it out. And you can... (laughs) You can also communicate that, you know, real dating, it's not appropriate until they're further along into adolescence, but you can certainly validate their feelings. These are normal to have at this age. It's normal to have friends that are more special than others, and it's healthy to have normal and healthy interactions with people of any sex. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's easy for parents, of course, to be skeptical of these first romantic relationships because now as adults you have experience and you realize that this is just like a blip in their life and is not an in-depth relationship. But it's important to realize that your kid is having real and strong feelings at this point and really like sorting it out. And it may be confusing and painful just like at any age. And it's really an important step in their developmental, you know, relationship development. 
So be available to talk with your child. Initially, they may not want to share much information with you. They want to focus on this new budding relationship instead. But your support and your advice can really be invaluable. Right. So let's talk about that advice. Okay. So we're not saying tell them exactly what to do with your advice. No, I don't don't think so. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) But parents can help guide their children into healthy relationships at this age. Um, And it's all about recognizing really what it means to be a good friend and the importance of trust and respect and having good values, just like you would teach them about friendship in general. Mm -hmm. So parents can be a touchstone for their children as they're exploring uncharted territory for them. Be supportive of your child. Yeah, and help them explore their feelings and their emotions surrounding this special person. So part of the relationship will be learning how to compromise. So you can help them with that. Help them how to work as a team with the other person and how to work through inevitable disagreements that they're going to have. Right. And really how to take responsibility for their own actions, the things they say, and recognize when they've been wrong and really learn how to apologize. I'm sorry. What? I'm apologizing. Uh. Okay, so your child also needs to understand that within the context of their relationship, they should feel comfortable expressing themselves and hold on to their own interests and be their own person. And another reminder that as they're going through this process, it's important not to tease them and not to make fun of them. So how do parents get to a place where they can talk with their child about these sensitive subjects and feelings? Mostly, you're going to do it by being an active listener and not being too forceful with the conversation. That makes sense. Maybe you may have to get there kind of elliptically. So say something like, are any of your friends dating any, anyone? And then you can just sit there and listen. And if they don't say anything or they don't say much when you ask the questions? Then, I mean, they may not even be there, right? Maybe they have no interest in anyone, and that's perfectly fine. So you just want to wait and see. If you do have a suspicion that there's someone special in their life, you can always revisit the conversation in a few days or weeks or wait for an opportunity for them to bring it up. And what are some other things for parents to keep in mind when discussing first crushes with their children? You want to always try not to react too strongly, try not to judge or offer your opinion or advice. You just want to listen and ask follow-up questions. I know that that can be hard for some people. You like have opinions and you want to intervene sometimes. (laughs) Some people like you, Dr. Dean. (laughs) (laughs) But it can really be hard for all of us. But the best way is to keep good lines of communication open with your child Know that they can always feel comfortable sharing information and their feelings with you as the parent. So just a reminder, first crushes may not involve real people in children's lives. Um, Do you mean like imaginary friends or? (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't thinking of imaginary people, but a first crush isn't always like a same age schoolmate. Oh, yes. So it could definitely be someone like a teacher, a friend's mom or dad or sibling. Or it could be somebody who they don't actually know in person, like an actor or a singer. Oh, yes, absolutely. In my age range, it was Aaron Carter. You probably Who's, don't even know who that is. Is I, he a Backstreet not, Boy? I, nobody knows what, who he is anymore. He was a Backstreet Boy's younger sibling. Oh, younger um, sibling, uh-huh. Yes, but then there was the big, like, Edward Cullen. Uh-huh. Who's that? That's the Twilight, the Twilight vampire. So... 
I actually have no, I would be lying if I said I knew who the hunky, like, celebrity crush was right now. I'm sure it's, like, a YouTube star or something. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I was thinking more of, like, the Fonz or Cher or somebody like that. <laughs> <laughs> this really dates both of us or ages <laughs> us. Um, yeah, I, I think Cher is, like, 80 years old now. there are inevitable ups and downs with relationships and these may be especially difficult to navigate with first crushes these tween relationships may result in a lot of drama it's important for parents not to be drawn into this drama and be a positive and strong voice of reason during this time and that's why it's important not to get too drawn into these relationships There are some situations where parents may need to take a more active role, although ideally we would like, of course, our children to learn through their experiences. But if the relationship is unhealthy or dangerous, then as a parent, we have to step in. So what are the warning signs of an unhealthy relationship at this age? Of course, very controlling behavior is a concern. Um, Sometimes this could be extreme jealousy or isolation from friends or family. Or a sudden drop in grades or changes in behavior are concerning. As is a loss of interest in previously enjoyed activities such as music or sports participation. And of course, any hint of physical violence such as unexplained injuries or bruises, that's a major concern. If you have any of these concerns, it's very appropriate to have a very serious conversation with your child about their relationship, even if they're reluctant. And luckily... Usually with first crushes, these are not as apparent as relationships later in Mm -hmm. in the teenage years. So we've talked about some of the pitfalls of first crushes, but we should also talk about some of the benefits. Like, it's inevitable and it's a first step to future relationships, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's a normal part of healthy development. They are first step in developing healthy, real-life dating relationships later. Right, like dipping your toe in the water rather than diving right in. That's a good metaphor, so swim ahead with that one. So as a child, you don't know how to swim yet, and you don't want your child to suddenly just go into the deep end of the pool, right? You want them to kind of wade in gradually, test the water, so to speak, and work themselves up to being a strong and confident swimmer. Exactly. So they get this practice run, relatively low consequences. For example, no sex is expected. And they take baby steps to learn the norms of dating. Crushes prepare kids for healthy relationships in the future. And hopefully everything will go swimmingly from there on out. (laughs) Uh And this even works if the crush is not reciprocated. For example, it might be all in their head and they never share with the target of their affection. Right. And even in those situations, they can think about different scenarios, different interactions, different responses to a variety of situations. And so it's a great run through, even if they're just like virtual experiences or experiences in their own mind. So let's summarize some of the important issues regarding first crushes. Crushes can occur at any time. If you're like me, it's going to be elementary school. (laughs) But they generally start appearing around 10 to 13 years of age. And first crushes are an important step in developing normal and healthy romantic relationships. Crushes are opportunities to learn how to compromise, communicate, apologize, and get in some practice working on a healthy relationship. They may involve friends or schoolmates, but sometimes involve other people in their lives or actors or singers. 
it is important for parents not to dismiss the feelings of their child, but instead be supportive during this time. Children may be distracted while having a crush while trying to sort out their feelings. But try not to get caught up in any drama that occurs. Just stand by their side and be available as a steadying influence for your child. So, of course, I have to do a first crush joke, right? Yes, of course. Okay, so why didn't the skeleton ask his crush out? Something about his bones or I don't know. Because he didn't have the guts. Guts, yes, that's what I meant to say. Oh. <laughs> yes, that's a good one. So I remember my first crush was, um, I think it was seventh grade. So I was 12 years old or something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand it at first because I went to like the school dance. Mm-hmm. And there was a girl, Nancy Dakin, I think was her name. <laughs> and I danced with her, like some awkward boy dance, right? <laughs> and we drove home. We, we drove home. Like one of the parents drove us home. I remember sitting in the back seat of the car with her after the dance. And um, that was like Friday night. And on Saturday, I'm like thinking about Nancy and thinking how pretty <laughs> she is and thinking how great she is. And on Saturday afternoon, she's like all I can think about. And on Sunday, I'm thinking what is wrong with me? I, why can't I get her out of my mind? And I thought, oh, it's a crush. <laughs> this, is what a, this is what a crush is like. And I thought she was like so pretty and so great. And then I was like, like, how can I talk to her on Monday? And I couldn't figure out a way to like talk with her. But um, of course, we had lockers at school and they're all alphabetical order. So my locker was near hers and I had long hair at that time. So I go... <laughs> Nancy, could I borrow your brush? So that was that was like that was like the only thing that I could could like say a to hair her. Brush, huh? a hairbrush, huh? Hairbrush. Yeah, yeah, sharing hairbrushes. Oh man, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it is such a fun and exciting time. And honestly, I think some some that parents have fun with too and kind of see their kid developing these feelings. It's it's exciting. It's a it's a new step. So remember to be supportive. You know, I always hear these horror stories of my poor husband getting just like totally hounded for every relationship or crush he ever had. <laughs> and I think it made him hesitant to ever want to bring a female into his home or tell his parents anything. So if you do make fun of your kid, it can backfire big time. And then you never get to meet any of their significant others until things get real serious. So... Well, Tom worked that. through that, and he turned out okay, <laughs> and he's having a great relationship now, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it, it'll, it'll work itself out in the end. That wraps up this episode of Kids Considered. You can find more information on our website, kidsconsidered.ucdavis.edu. Follow us on Twitter at Kids Considered. And Instagram at Kids Considered. If you have feedback on this show or topics you would like us to discuss in the future, we would love to hear from you. Please call us. Our number is 916-915-3388. Or email us at kidsconsidered at gmail.com. Please rate us on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will join us for our next podcast. Kids Considered is sponsored by UC Davis Children's Hospital. 